back to another episode of Weird Think About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest, or most interesting story on that subject. Our scores will be scored by a head judge, and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris, and joining me today, sporting a brand new elephant head, it's Chow. And Yang Hasio. And here to brighten the mood, Chucky. Yo. And Brahma himself, our head judge, Joe. Samsung Casio. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if you could please tell us today's subject and how it will be scored. Uh, as today's subject is enemies, we will judge this on the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And we will start with last week's winner, Chow. <clears throat> Whilst people can seemingly find no limits for the justification to, to declare someone or something an enemy, the one thing that has repeatedly been fought over over the years is ownership of land and or the right to declare somewhere your territory. Whilst these conflicts are often fought with serious repercussions, there have been and still are instances where enemies claim land in a more unconventional manner. One such instance is the Whiskey War, a pseudo-confrontational and border conflict between Denmark and Canada over Hans Island a half-mile lump of rock situated in the middle of the Nares Strait, a channel separating Canada and Greenland. The island is within 12 miles of each country's shoreline, allowing both countries to lay claim to it under international law. The rock was granted to Denmark in 1933 by the League of Nations, but after it ceased <laughs> operations in 1946, the ruling was effectively annulled. In 1984, Canada provoked Denmark by planting its flag on the island and leaving a bottle of Canadian whiskey. The Danish Minister of Greenland Affairs came to the island himself the same year with the Danish flag and a bottle of schnapps and a letter say, stating Willkommen til den Sanki O, which means Welcome to the Danish Island. In 2005, Canada and Denmark agreed on a process to resolve the status of Hans Island, but little progress was made. In 2008, an international group of scientists from Canada Australia, Denmark and the UK installed a weather station on Hans Island and in 2018 a task force was established to help resolve the issue. At the time, both senior officials from both countries spoke to the press about the issue. As an Arctic nation, Canada is committed to working collaboratively with its Arctic neighbours to address issues of mutual concern. We are very pleased to be addressing our outstanding boundary issues through this diplomatic task force with our long-time friend and ally, the Kingdom of Denmark. That was Canada's Minister of Foreign Affairs. I am very happy that we are able to announce the establishment of a joint task force to resolve the outstanding boundary issues in the waters between Canada and Greenland. This is a breakthrough in our joint efforts to resolve the question of sovereignty of Hans Island and other issues. The joint task force is a product of the strong cooperation between our friendly nations and very much in the spirit of the Ilswat Declaration. That was Denmark's Minister for Foreign Affairs. As of yet, there has been no agreement reached. Who knows how many more bottles of Crown Royal and Schnapps will be sacrificed in this island dispute? Gentlemen, your rebuttals. I just want to know what one of them would do if a third party came along and just dumped a <laughs> bottle of rum on there. Yeah. Mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we just chatter a boat and go and yeah. just dump some? Yeah, that, that's when it stops being friendly, isn't it? Yeah. Is that who's I do like it? these little sort of friendly um, disputes between like big military powers. It could easily just be dicks, but. You know, you get these like sort of nice, almost heartwarming little it feuds. Is, that yeah, are... and and like the more I read into it, it was really, it was obvious that I mean, Canada and Denmark are pretty level, level-headed, hmm. and it's obviously not a contentious issue enough where we're going to we're not going to war over this. It's a lump of rock in the sea, but neither of them want to concede or lose lose it because it'll be seen 
as weak on the international stage. So it's a kind of, ha yeah, that yeah. lump of rock, we'll leave a can of, but I do feel that there are semi-serious undertones over it and they would be actually, you know, if, if, if the UN turned around and went, it's Denmark's, Canada would be pissed and vice versa. Yeah. Do you reckon though? It just seems like no a sort strategic of like, value. Yeah, it yeah. just seems I, like a, a fun way to give somebody a gift, doesn't it? How big it? is yeah. it? Do we know? It sounds like the Half a mile. Half, Half a mile. mile. No, it's all, then. Yeah. Well, it's in the Nea Strait, which if the Suez Canal yeah. is blocked and it's the right time of year, it can be a shipping route. I don't know if there's any um, strategic or economic. There. There's put a weather a, station. Put a toll booth on it. <laughs> <laughs> one, bo- one bottle of schnapps. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> No, I like that sort of thing. I like the fact oh, as well that the, the, the Danish minister basically copy and pasted the, the Canadian guy's yeah. one. And I just did, uh, copy my homework, but don't make it look don't like you copied it. We're mates. We're working out the end. Yeah. No, but that's like, I mean, it's not really enemies, but I like, that's like frenemies. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. The Kore- yeah, North and South Korea could learn something from yeah. this, couldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just leave a bottle of, a bottle of hooch uh, in the demilitarized yeah. zone. Yeah. And yeah. It's quite heartwarming, that, actually. Let's ruin that now. (laughs) (laughs) Chucky. All right. Enemies can come in many shapes and sizes. Maybe there's that cunt at school who used to go out of their way to make your day a little more miserable. Or perhaps there's a more indirect enemy you encounter on public transport who always seems to get in your chosen method of transport at the same time as you, stinking of cigarettes and forgotten dreams. (laughs) Even if you decide to set off an hour later for no reason. The thing is... Enemies are everywhere, but in a lot of cases, we learn to move on and forget about them, or simply leave any thought about them for 2am when we're tossing and turning trying to get to sleep. I'm not fucking bitter alright. Anyway, most enemies (laughs) are victims of circumstance, and one of those circumstances could be sharing a residence, say maybe something like a prison? On New Year's Eve 2019, in Fiennegijas jail. Two rival Mexican drug cartels decided to have a quote-unquote friendly game of football. These guys were the most powerful of criminal gangs operating in Mexico. This friendly match was going fine between the rivals. That was until a slight misunderstanding took place after a dirty tackle inside the penalty area. What ensued was nothing less than complete and utter fucking chaos. Because there is a limited amount of VAR, or referees in general in prison, the players were left to settle the disputes between each team the only way they knew how. With grudges not being easily ignored, Uh, The inmates pulled out firearms and knives and started fighting it out. 16 people died during the fight, with another person dying three days later, whilst five were left with gunshot wounds. This wasn't an ordinary scuffle, and needless to say, the match didn't resume. But what happened instead was a two-hour confrontation with soldiers as they tried to stop the violence. 20 ambulances were called to the scene, whilst all the contraband that could be collected was rounded up, including 17 knives, 77 bags of marijuana, and perhaps the most outlandish, three pairs of scissors. I guess the weirdest thing about enemies is, even on a level playing field, you still want to shoot them in the face. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. I like how even England and Germany could put the differences aside for one football game, but these guys just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't man- manage it. You know, the World War One Christmas Day it, yeah, story yeah, yeah. where they all went out and played football. Not they could do it amicably, but not, not these guys. They, 
yeah. hate each other even more. Like, I, I kind of imagine it starting off nice and, like, friendly. Like, oh, you know, there's Pedro. Here we go. You know, if you're taking a pair of scissors to a football game, no, chances are you don't taking think Taking fucking it's... guns to a football <laughs> game. Like, they're when... in prison. How yeah. have they got I guns? Know. I was like, wait, what? Wait, Gunshot this... wounds. Wait a minute. Is this, is this thingy's prison with the cocaine hippo? <laughs> El Catedral. No, I, I don't think so, no. Yeah, yeah, just... Like fucking nuts! So like, sixteen people died. I was, I was just like, and there's only eleven the people yeah. on each side. Did they shoot substitutes? Well, so there's a thousand people in this jail, right? I'm assuming you want. No, no, you're no, fucking no, no, not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right. I'm that all guy right, that holds mate. up the big number. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, substitution, not execution. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Easy to mix them up. No, I think so. There's like a, hundred, uh, a thousand people in the jail, and so I guess a lot of people are watching. You know, who doesn't like a game of football, right? But yeah, I, I, I like to imagine it was like a comical sort of, no, that was dirty. No, it was fine. No, until like guns came out. But yeah, I, I was reading this in fucking disbelief. Like, <laughs> 16 people died on the day. And then a couple of days later, somebody died in prison. Oh, no, in uh, hospital. Well, I guess 16 people died in prison. Yeah, um, some yeah. squid game nonsense, Irving. Yeah, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think uh, while it was being reported as well, I think um, oh, I should remember the team name, but uh, one of the man uh, not managers, captains of I think Barcelona at the time, was tied to the Mexican drug cartels, and as a result, had all his um, assets frozen. Well, all his sponsorships, like the, any American sponsorships, couldn't be associated with him. Wow! When he, yeah, when he played in a competition, he couldn't be named man of the match because Budweiser, an American company, will <laughs> pay out the money. Do they just redact it? And like blur his face out <laughs> when they were giving yeah. it him. Oh, wow. Mate, that's, yeah. I'd watch football if it was like a lot, a lot more like speedball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch the World Cup and the Euros, but that's about as far as my sort of viewing goes, just because it seems a bit more. If you kill 17 it's... people each game, though. I'm well, yeah, I think yeah. we should be watching prison football instead, because yeah. that seems to be <laughs> well, Speaking of that, know. did you see uh, the last World Cup, the Colombian side? Um, all the coaches and managers were sat behind glass, and as the game went on, the glass just become more and more murky with white dust. And, yeah, <laughs> by the end, they were all just clearly off the fucking heads. No, uh, no. Who's the famous one? I'm going to get sacrificed for this, but it was like Pele, or not Pele, but... Maradona. Maradona, sorry. Oh, he, yeah. he was like the head coach or head manager uh, or something yeah, 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 and yeah by the end this this glass that was in front of him was just absolutely coated in this white it, it rotated 90 degrees and there was a <laughs> and there was a credit <laughs> card in it that's the weird thing about like maradona though because all the coke he did and he was still a big chunky boy weren't he, he? Was, yeah. yeah it normally burns that off you he's I not really tall know, but <laughs> he's a fucking cheat anyway and he's dead now so <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter chris from the biblical cain and abel to Professor X and Magneto, some of the fiercest enemies once started out as close friends or even siblings. In this story, I'm focusing on two brothers who were partners in the Dassler Brothers Shoe Company, which they operated out of their mother's laundry room. Older brother, Rudolf Dassler, who was an extroverted salesman, and Adolf, or Addy Dassler, who was the design and craftsman of the shoes. 20 points for anyone who can guess which shoe company Addy Dassler went on to found. Reebok. Yeah. Under Armour. British Knights. Sketches. <laughs> You're all matched it. <laughs> High tech. Although the brothers joined the Nazi party when Hitler seized power in 1933, oh, it didn't stop them getting legendary African American track star Jesse Owens to wear their shoes as he competed and won four gold medals in the 1936 Olympics. 
Owen's victory gave the shoes huge exposure and prestige and rocketed sales of the brand. Unfortunately, the newfound success of the business put a lot of strain on the brothers' relationship. Several incidents happened to heighten the brothers' conflict, but the standout ones for me were during World War II. During a nearby air raid, as Addy and his wife climbed into the bomb shelter, he said, The dirty bastards are back again, referring to the Allied forces in the sky. But Rudy was convinced he was talking about him and his family who were already in the shelter, causing a huge argument. Also, when Rudy got called up for service in the army, he was convinced that Addy and his wife had schemed to get him sent to the front lines to get him sent out of the way of the shoe company. Rudy also suspected Addy of ratting him out when he got arrested by Allied forces on suspicion of working for the Gestapo. In 1948, dividing the company in half, they founded their own rival shoe companies. Addy Dassler, of course, founded Adidas, and Rudy went on to found Puma. The two built competing factories on opposite sides of the river Orak and quickly became responsible for much of the town's local economy, with nearly everyone working for one company or the other. As the entire town got caught up in the Dassler family feud, the rivalry reached ridiculous proportions. There were local businesses that served only Adidas or Puma people, dating or marrying across company lines was forbidden, and Herzogen Orak became known as the town of bent necks, since people first looked at what company's shoes you were wearing before deciding to talk to you. The bitter rivalry landed the brothers onto the Fortune's 550 greatest business rivalries of all time list. It wasn't until 2009 when employees of both companies symbolised the end of 61 years of feud by playing a friendly football match. Fucking hell. <laughs> by then, the Daskal brothers had both died. Even in death, the feud continued as the brothers were buried at opposite ends of the same cemetery as far away from each other as possible. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. What was the death toll for the uh, football match? <laughs> <laughs> A lot Surprisingly, of bruised faces as shoes were thrown. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who throws a shoe? It's That's a what real, I imagine uh... with the factories being opposite each other, it's just at lunchtime they'd just throw <laughs> shit over <laughs> It's a proper left twix, right twix situation. It's a very <laughs> bizarre <laughs> thing because I think Rudolph just had a problem. Yeah, well, I mean, like, <laughs> A, he was already in the yeah. bunker. Like, so you can't be like, oh, here come those fuckers again because, like, we were here first. <laughs> There's the fuckers. They're the ones coming in. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, he was, he had demons. Yeah. And I, wow. I thought I if you were a, a captain of industry sort of thing, you were exempt from war work anyway. Yeah. I thought you were. So I, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, work for Schindler. Yeah. But I mean, if some of the stuff that Addy is sort of accused of doing is true, then he's also a bit of an asshole. And getting his brother sent to the front lines I just to get him out of the way. I don't for a second. I think Addy's the good guy and Rudolph's paranoid. <laughs> I, I I come down on that line as well. Yeah, I, I, I feel like yo. There's that song in there. Well, you Rudy, are... stop your messing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know where my loyalties lie, anyway. Since I'm sporting a pair of Adidas right now, so. Uh... Yeah, I don't think Puma's. Quite Who set up Puma? Like Who set up Puma? Rudolph. <laughs> Fuck Rudolph. See, even the pooch doesn't like yeah. Puma. Joe, if we can have today's scores, please. We are judging you on the greatest of all time systems. And I think just for pure, like, petty-minded assholery, I'm going to have to give it to Rudolph and Adidas, <laughs> the brothers who even in death could not rectify their problems. Imagine being so petty that even in death, bury me at the opposite end of the graveyard, glaring at him. Put two fingers on me grave. like that. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter, at WeirdThingPod. Come and say hello. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.
weird thing about that. Microphone's too close to your head, I can hear your thoughts. 